0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com. What's up? What's up, everybody? Coming into you live and direct. Hopefully, I'm sounding nice and clear. We revamped the studio. The Smoking Word podcast is always brought to you by rock.com. Go cop that merch. Patreon.com slash the smoking word if you want to support there. We have a lot of videos we just dropped. And listen. I'm excited to announce we are officially dropping a weekly show on Patreon called The Hard Corner with me and my brother Busky, where basically we're gonna give the 411 on what's going on weekly, new music, new shows, and all that good stuff. So join the Patreon and get down with the get down. We're taking this culture to the where it belongs, to the next level. But um, make sure you tune in to the patreon.com slash the smoking word. And again, shout out to everybody who's been tuning in around the the planet. Um, We're about to—we got a lot of things planned. I'm really amped um, to announce a lot of new things coming. Um, This is Hardcore's up next. Um, Last week, the uh, the Black and Blue just passed, as you may see online. There's a lot of pictures going on. I figured let's do some recapping. So I figured, who better than to get my brother? Albany's finest, oh, should I say Troy's finest, my brother from Brick by Brick, Mike Valeni. Let's set this shit off. Welcome,
1: Welcome
0: to the Smoking Web. Yo, we're doing shit big willy now, Valeni. <laughs> I got faders. I got headphones. I got I got all types of shit going
1: on. <laughs> Look at you.
0: <laughs> What's going on, brother?
1: Oh my god, what a crazy freaking day! Rushing around trying to get get to this thing. It's like I was supposed to be out of work at six, and you know, it, it never nothing ever goes easy for me. But you, you know,
0: know, you know how that goes. I'm glad I get you on because I know how it goes with work and and everything. And I actually I've been wanting to get you on for a minute. You know that, but I was like. You know what? I kind of wanted to do a recap. And I said, oh, who I was like, who I'm going to get the same people I already had. I was like, yo, let me bring you in and we could follow up because you're doing a lot of stuff that we'll get into with the booking and the, sh- the new shows and the record, all that. So I figured, <laughs> fuck, let's start with the recap from from you and work our way up. Oh, but, yeah. um, no, because I said, you know obviously for everybody knows now i didn't get to make it everything is okay i just had to take care of some shit at home but everything was copaesthetic. brendan held it down but there was a lot of pictures going on it looked great you know it looked like you know the usual
1: we needed that we needed that i wish you were there but oh uh, yeah get- yeah
0: so, so, so tell me let's just start off did were you there for the friday the saturday like when did you make it yeah when did you start I, your pillage? Because some I, I, of us don't make the full pillage always, you know?
1: I rolled in Saturday morning, so I was there before doors and, uh, you know, helping cuz out and, and getting getting my feet wet there. And, you know, yeah. the alcohol, alcohol started flowing a little early that day, but that's oh all
0: right. Oh, my God. It's always that, right? I don't know how the hell we make it to a show at night. Like, I, I literally do not know how people do that shit.
1: Like, you, you know... Do. Figure it out, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you
0: figure it out. And fucking so, all right, so yeah, because I heard so the so there was something Friday though they did something Friday, right?
1: I, I think they were just doing like getting food and just acting like animals in the bars, and I guess there was a couple of, of like dance parties and raves and shows. Kind of,
0: okay, but none none of the show. Oh yeah, so the first official show besides the, sh- the the Black and Blue was the. Oh no, you know what it is? You know what's fucking me up? I'm getting this confused with the with the park show where there was a pre-show an after party. I I don't and I wasn't at that one either. So I'm fucking lost in the mix over <laughs> here. I'm trying to catch up. I'm recapping.
1: Every, everything's got a pre pre-party, after party, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So so usually does the day before.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what he does and and that's another thing I just got to I'm actually going to get I want to get him on cuz he just finished their tour. Right now, the sick of it all agnostic frontal that looked yeah. really good too. So that was cool. So a lot of stuff going on, which I'm glad, you know what I mean. And and, and let yeah, me ask yeah. you, who did you who did you get to see on on Saturday? Did you get to see anybody? It's hard to see bands because there's so much going on.
1: There's so much going on, and you know, it was just there was a lot of faces I haven't seen in so long, so it was more about catching up. I, I tried to get you know, I, I, I caught a little bit of a threat to society that, that opened the show. They're, they're hard. They're hard nails. And, Great name. Uh, of name. Yeah, of course you had to, you know, see uh, AF and sick of it all. I mean, you know, just, uh, yeah, but like I said, it was more of just the hangs that day, really. It's like, you know, no offense against the bands, but I just wanted to see my bros, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cut out there, but it's good. Oh, no, there you go. You're
1: yeah, back. Uh, you back. Idiots trying to call. I mean, of course no that's all yeah. right
0: and i like the, the the frost skateboards you got in the background right yeah
1: there. those he did those especially for me
0: yeah those are dope those are dope I, I i want i'm gonna get him on here one day he, he did some dope shit but yeah no i saw that and i was like first of all when i first saw that bill the saturday bill i was like jesus christ it should have been one day like that alone was like you know what i mean like a super <laughs> show <laughs> yeah you know i'm like what the fuck and and um what time did you make it in the city make it you made it in the in the morning like at 10 in the morning yeah. or
1: something Nine thirty eight. oh my god they keep my work keeps calling me it's like leave me my you work know why you're a
0: hot item they tell them i got that ass right now that's the difference and fucking um but yeah no um I was, I was I was catching all the pictures and trying to catch what's what and fucking who was what and how let me ask you this what's the word on that venue cuz I never been to the venue I heard of it and I know they started to have a lot more shows now
1: So so um Upstate Concert Hall used to be the big venue in our area and they were a 1300 cap room and uh Teddy Tall was part of it um kid named Dave Seward's part of it you know it's it, it's got it's got a a good staff behind it. So they um they always wanted me to do shows with them, but most of the bands that I book don't want to play a room that big. You know, it's 13 a lot to to be responsible for. So now this new venue they stumbled across has a a thousand cap room upstairs and downstairs is a three hundred and fifty cap room. So as soon as they got the the word on that they 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 hit me up. They're like you want to partner up with us on this. I'm like, Absolutely. So it, it was, it's, it's, it's it's awesome. I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just we got the best of both worlds.
0: Now let me ask you with this new venue. So you said Teddy Toe is involved with this?
1: Uh, the, you got there's a uh the main guy is, is his name is Stan Livingston uh-huh. and he uh, SLP concerts and he's got some venues in like uh, Philadelphia, I think, and and New Jersey and. Teddy is involved. I'm involved. Uh, there, there's like three or four different people that are involved with this. And it's just.
0: Yeah, it's- no, that, that's cool shit. Because I, I, I saw it. I know you were, you were talking about it. And I know you always had a club up there. So I know for a minute yeah. there was no club. And then the way everything was going, it was like, who knows if there's going to be a club. Because actually one of the last shows I went up there was a club that I'd never been to. Was when we went to see, you remember Life of Agony? Who yep. else? Oh, I think we might have played it. I think we actually played yeah. it. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it was uh, it was uh, Life
1: of Agony, uh, Madball, I think Stigmata, and Brick by Brick.
0: Yeah, yeah. Where, where was that? That was some other spot, that was, right?
1: That was, that was Upstate Concert Hall, and uh, that, that's no longer. So now we got this new venue.
0: Oh, that's what it was. You see, it's fucking confusing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and uh, good. And, and for everybody, when I was talking before about Teddy Tall, Teddy Tall is, like, why I bring his name up? If you don't know it, he's a guy who used to be the guy who used to book all the shows up in Albany. He used to do all the right. early Mad Boy shows and yep. everybody, I guess. You yep. know, anybody, if you were in this fucking world, you, you were going yeah. through Teddy Tall, you know?
1: Yeah, he, he held down the 90s pretty good, you know? I mean, Bob Riley helped, helped him out. I helped him out. Sure. But all the, all, all the kids growing up that, you know, are... are Established now, we all helped Ted, you know, throughout the late '80s, early '90s. So, you know. So, so let
0: me ask you: You know the Teddy tour from the from the a from the '80s? Was he in the '80s working already?
1: I think his first show, brick by or brick by brick. Uh, my old band Attica was was Ted's first show. Oh I, shit! That was like '92,
0: I think. Wow, and and where? Albany, Troy, yeah
1: that we did Uh, it was us, a band called China White, and a band called Plaid, and it was the first TED show, and it was packed, <laughs> packed that place out, it was, like four hundred kids, it was awesome. But yeah, you know, and then I remember him asking me, he's like, "Hey, what do you think about this band Stigmata? What do you or yeah, you know, what do you think of this band Flatbroke?" And he's asking, I'm like, "Yeah, I get them, get them, get them." And we he started with the local stuff, and next thing you know, we got the Mad Balls up there. He had you know everybody up there. Oh,
0: we were up at the QE2 every yep. other day. We were up at fucking the other spot also. You remember you 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 were doing shows there too at um. Yeah, yeah, fucking bogeys, bogeys, and Saratoga winners, was Saratoga winners, and- of course, all those spots. You know, obviously, takes about uh, specifically QE two. There was like, you know, classic tours ran through there. Like, you know, I think we went through there with a the downset doggy dog or some shit. Like, yeah. some of these crazy fucking, all sorts of crazy shit. <laughs> and, and, and and what made you? I understand doing it early on. You know, um, um when, when when you come up with a band, and sometimes if, if motherfuckers ain't putting you on, you gotta make it happen. Like we all know, you know, you gotta make it happen. <laughs> exactly how I started. <laughs> I, now you—that's what I'm saying. I know how you started. Now, with that being said, with well, you knowing how how that shit works, and the pain in the asses you gotta deal with with bands and promoters and clubs and all that shit. Because I know, because I would never want. Before I used to say I would love to be a, a promoter, a record, a, a, a company owner. And then till I found out what, and I said, I don't want no part of none of that. Because <laughs> all the shit that comes with it, like what makes you still do it after that many years is the question.
1: Well, majority of the bands that I'm booking are my friends' bands, you know? So I'll book Mad Ball all day. Yeah. I'll book you know a lot of the metal bands that come through me. So. It's not really that bad. It's it's when I start dealing with agents that I don't really know and fans mm-hmm. that I don't know, that's when it starts getting stressful.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: and, and my work keeps calling me so I apologize. That's yeah. all right. Damn. That's I'm, all right. I'm well, up. work
0: got away. No, but you know what? Um uh, why I still say well, I get it, but it's still you know, when people look at you, they also may think, "Oh, this guy is going to snap at, at a, at a drop of a dime, but yet they don't know to do what you do. You need a lot of patience and especially yeah. to deal with bands. Cause I know I'm in a band and I also know how dudes in bands are. And there's a lot of bitches in bands. And what I mean by <laughs> bitches, by little babies and little spoiled brats and bratettes or whatever the fuck the terms are nowadays, <laughs> but I know you have to deal with it and to be able to deal with that. I salute you because it's a hard thing to do. You know what I mean? Without because nine out of ten times, and I'm in a band, the 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 guys in the band sometimes eight out of ten times deserve a smack in the face for some of the fantasy. You know, what I mean? sometimes they're legit, but then it's like sometimes it's like, all right, dude, relax. You know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, I had a I had a couple of I, I booked Sepultura. Uh huh. That was not fun. It didn't work
0: out. Not fun. <laughs> You, you know what it is that sometimes that, um, you know what? It's, I can't even say that with you. Cause I was about to say like, you know, cause the metal world is a different world, but you know, that world. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's why I said, I can't say that to you. like <laughs> Warren
1: coached me through that because he knew their tour manager. I called Warren up. I'm like, yo, this guy is not going to be found again. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> that's
0: what it is. And it's like, um, even it's crazy because I know that being in a band, what what I've dealt with crew members from these big Willy bands, they're not even in the band. And I met rock star techs that were like trying to shit on us, and we're like, motherfucker, you know, like so. I know how fantasies run wild, and to be able to be a promoter, ooh, that's rough sometimes because. Sometimes bands, you know, they, they, they really fight for what they think they deserve when it's obviously they don't sometimes when it comes down to, like, a draw. And then they're asking for, you know. What's the wildest shit somebody asks you for? Oh, man.
1: You, I'll, I'll give you a story. I booked a business one time. And they rolled in with, a, like, a crazy rider. But it was, it, it, and you know what? It, it, it had so much bizarre stuff on it but I got everything on it and Pulled me aside. And he goes, you're the only one that ever did that. So I, I know I go the ridiculous shit you got on this rider. Yeah. He's the only one. And he goes, Oh my God. He goes, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make a trophy for you. Or something. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, so the, some of the shit that some people ask, I heard a story. My my boy told me, I won't blow up the band, I won't say who, but I'll just say this band was from Brooklyn and the dude was the singer. <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> he made my boy go to almost in Europe to like basically another country for fucking a specific soup that he wanted, or else he wouldn't play. And you know, when my boy finally got the soup, hours later, he looked at the soup, put it down, and he said, take straight. the soup. <laughs> Oh, I would fucking kill somebody I' would kill somebody and now and then, okay, so right before what was the venue you were booking right before this venue? uh
1: Chrome, it was in Waterford, and uh it was just a a, a venue that needed basically needed business, and you know it kind of went hand in hand right there, but I mean the the owner didn't really know how to treat bands or really accommodate them so much and it, stuff started laying on my shoulders a lot more than it should have. I mean, I wasn't making the profit; she was, you know. Yeah. But we ended up we ended up coming to some agreements, and then this came along, and it just just made everything better. So, I mean, now now I have a home, and you know what? I don't have to worry about wins and losses. It's like they take care of me every show I I do. That's great. So, yeah, it's it's you know what? It's all about the bottom line for them and my bottom lines have been really good. I mean all the stuff I I booked, the bars do great, the bands do great. And now yeah. everything kind of on an upswing. People are coming out in droves for shows up here, which is awesome. Yeah. So I mean it was scary at first because that that covid shit everybody was you know holding back or not coming out and
0: it's a, it's I remember yeah, I remember like just some events starting. I think it was a boat thing that you were doing and then some people were getting a little shook because it was still a couple. It was still a little yeah. bit. I remember, you know, I, I'm always watching on what's what. And I remember being like, man, it's rough because I know you wanted to get shit going up there. And that's what you do is book shows. So I'm like, you know, and you know, you know the deal. Somebody got to set shit off, yeah. you know, and then um, and it's rough. And, and And let me ask you this. So, like, obviously you started because. Like a lot of us, nobody else was going to do it for us. But did you start it specifically to, to play for your, to play shows with your first band or was it for yeah. your friends' bands?
1: My first band, I mean, we were, we were kids and, you know, we were, we were a thrash band and, uh, you know, nobody wanted to put us anywhere. And we're just like, oh, you know what? I know we got friends. So let's, you know, let's just book our own show. And, you know, we did like a little VFW haul and we booked this little crappy place and then we started going to Saratoga Winners and, you know we started you know doing what we had to do, and next thing I know it's just it just kind of snowballed and then there was a a period of time where I didn't need the book shows because Ted was around, so Ted would actually give us the attention and and we you know we did what we had to do, and then there was a period of time where kind of not not that he dipped out, but it was just the the scene kind of started getting a little stale, a little you know lax, I guess you could say and and oh. That's when I opened up um, the club in Troy, the Duster. And, I remember um, that.
0: I remember when that was
1: going. And then we started picking things up from there again, uh, with the help of a couple of friends from Troy and all that. And then, um, then that got shut down. Then we started with bogeys a couple of years after that. So I loved bogeys. It, yeah, bogeys was just fun, and and I worked my way into a partnership with that place, and then that was going strong, but then the owner never, of the building never paid the taxes, so the bank locked the doors on us, pretty much.
0: So, then
1: that happened, and then uh, it kind of morphed into what we are now. So Yeah,
0: but but hold on. So, all right, when you're booking, your book booking, this is where you first met Atticus, right?
1: Yeah. Your book Attica, in the
0: first yep. Attica, not Atticus, right? Attica. Attica, because <laughs> I think that's like, um, um, um that was like, where did you get the name from?
1: Oh, uh, Jesus. I... Thought of that name in high school. I, I watching that Dog Day Afternoon.
0: Uh, oh, yeah. you got it. Oh, I, that's even harder. I didn't even think of that. I, I thought know. of a, when you when I first Attica. I thought it was uh, like some shit like from like Attila from like barbarian shit.
1: No, no, no. The the, the prison and, that,
0: and that's even better that you guys are being from upstate.
1: I'll tell you, I deal with some of the dumbest people in the fucking world
0: like we were saying a promoter i don't know how you do it oh you're talking about something else i was saying being a promoter you deal with the dumbest... <laughs> listen <laughs> that's why you could deal with being a promoter because you got to deal with this and your other life also oh. anyway a... oh,
1: listen okay. it's
0: good you back we got you back and just like that it was flawless a flawless transition with the, <laughs> with the, but let me ask you this where we left off. So like you said, originally, I know you say you started, obviously like a lot of people, you start booking shows because, you know, there, there isn't a lot of people around or whatever be, be the case. You start booking a couple of shows for yourself. Now, when does it become, you start booking shows that you're not playing?
1: Well, I would say right around the duster era. And uh the first band that I booked at the duster um that wasn't a local band was Murphy's Law.
0: Wow, go and figure.
1: It was just it was such a fun time. And you know, being that I own the bar, I could do cheap tickets. You know, I did I think I did five dollars. Five dollars, wow. you know, it's like I I did agnostic front there for like five bucks or something. It was it was it was my way of just having fun. It's like here I got the the bar backing me up, so I didn't care. Yeah, so, yeah. That, that's when, that's when I started booking shows that didn't involve my band. Was was at that spot.
0: Okay, and, and so was that, now Attica did it trickle? Did it? It never officially stopped. Did it kind of fade away? And then you started booking shows. What was the it, transition to that? Because. You Attica, went from that, promoter, then back to the band, and then you kind of revamped yourself.
1: Yeah, so Attica faded away in, like, 1998, and it just, the thrash, it just, uh, the lineup changes, it just didn't work anymore, and it wasn't fun, and um, I ended up joining another band that was more of a experimental kind of thing, and it, it had what elements. What was it called, but it had a little bit of swing and rockabilly in it. And it was just... Oh, I need was, to hear
0: this. I would love to hear and see. It was, to it was all see. over the place.
1: And uh, actually, for Hooligan Holiday, we did a reunion for that show. What's and, the uh, name? Uh, Bruise Brothers.
0: Oh, I've seen that. I didn't know that was... So you were... Is that an old ba- I've heard the name.
1: Yeah, so we we started off that. And, um, you know, Ted never knew where to book us it's is because we just we had a little bit of elements and everything so we fit everywhere and it, it was more about the attitude anyway so i think we played with more hardcore bands with that band than i did with the the thrash band so yeah you know, we play, we did some shows and then that started kind of falling down and and i wasn't the leader of that band i just played guitar and and they, the the people that were leading that band wanted to make it more radio rock and i was like eh, i'm out i'm done yeah. And then uh, that's when I had the duster together, and this is like 2004. Um, I got together with um, the bass player from Straight Jacket. Uh, the drummer was in a band called 357 Justice, and oh, um, I said, "Listen, I said, you know, let's do some jamming. let's let's bring back some hardcore and you know throw some, throw a little bit of metal in there." So I told him, I said, "These are the bands that I want to sound like, you know." Agnostic Front, Madball, Sick of It All, meets Slayer, hate breed you know stuff yeah. like that. Let's do it. So we started playing there, and then we got the singer in the band, and then we started playing. And then that band, that we didn't do anything for like ten years. I mean, we played some shows, but we never toured. We mm-hmm. never did anything because the the, the the people in the band had fucked up schedules, and it was just we just never did nothing. And finally, in two thousand fourteen. Ten years later, we finally get a, a got on a tour with Biohazard out in Canada. Wow! And um, we I just realized I'm like, oh God, this singer's such a douche. I'm like, I don't like him. I don't want to tour with him. You know, so I had Ray on the back burner the whole time. He's just like, yo, if you ever need somebody to fill in, let me know. I said, listen, I said I've been talking to Freddie, and he wants us to do Canada with Madball in September. I said, you down? He goes, yep. I said, all right.
0: Please. And I remember that, but hold on, but slow down. Now you skipped, you skipped a little bit. So, I know. I, I, I get none of, it. But, all right, so, we got you, you, that the Attica was always around and faded or whatever and you're booking shows, right? Yes. Because yeah, I, yeah. I remember the transition because I remember we were doing, we started doing some shows, we, we started, we were doing a bunch of shows together, and then I remember Ray popping up. I remember, I was like, to the day, like basically when all that was happening. But okay now where does Brick by Brick start from the, you're promoting now you say, okay, let's start this some shit up. What what was it that you like, I know you always had that thing in you to play, but now who was it that you linked up with or what was going on that you said, okay, let me do this shit again. Now let's do it something else and let's do it this way.
1: With Brick by Brick, that started when I had the Hudson Duster so i was doing shows at the duster so of course i would book brick by brick there and you know we we would we would do very well and it was fun and and, you know it might have been partially my fault but i think i I locked us into local shows more than we did playing out of town i remember we we did a a show in new york city with uh danny diablo uh Sab was playing guitar and uh that I mean, that we played at the one sixty nine bar, a real small
0: play. I don't know. I remember when that was kind of going on. It was a while ago,
1: but as far as the booking goes, I mean, we I pretty much stayed at home base and until the duster ended. And when the duster ended, I wanted to start picking brick by brick up a little bit more. and but we couldn't because of the work schedules, et cetera, et cetera. So I started going back into the booking again, mm. bogie's thing. And then, of course, home you know home base we would do it brick by brick there so we would stay relevant upstate yeah. and then when bogeys ended then we started you know that that's now we're starting into the you know the the early teens 2011 2012 somewhere around there yeah. and then um still trying to book shows uh we ended up you know the the, the fuse box was still doing some shows once in a while we ended up finding uh, that Chrome spot. I did some stuff at Upstate Concert Hall. Um, and then 2014 hit, we did that Biohazard run. And then we ended up getting rid of the singer, getting Ray in. And then I was still booking at Chrome and still holding it down with that spot. And then 2020... I, I was there. Well, I, oh, I'm sorry. Before Chrome, I booked a place called Trick Shots, which was a billiard hall. Madball played up there as well.
0: uh yeah, um, we Trick Shots? I don't even remember that. That sounds like yeah, that's yeah. a great name, Trick Shots. I like that.
1: And it, it was basically that guy used me up for my crowd and for everything to help build the extension on his club. And then when he got it all done, he's like, yeah, we don't want to do heavy music no more.
0: That's I'm usually like, yeah, the story.
1: Basically. Yeah, basically. So then I went to Chrome. And then uh, the Chrome ended up. We ended up getting into the COVID stuff. The last show we played <laughs> at Chrome was with you guys for the the holiday party, which and who, then,
0: I had a blast. Which I was glad I made it. <laughs> I was at that.
1: And that, that was like the last show. That was then yeah. COVID, and then COVID hit. And then Upstate Concert Hall ended up hitting me up and asked if I wanted to be, you know, one of the booking partners there. And I'm like, absolutely. So. I-
0: I remember I was psyched for you because I saw that shit hit hard for you. Where you you know, like everybody, promoters at clubs is like, yo, we got go from starting to get things rolling and then shit got shot down. And then I was like, man, you were like, yo, finally, I think there's some hope. I think I got something. And the next, you know, I got a club. And then it ain't just like any club. It was like a hooked up the right club for the with the right yep. everything. I was like, man, for you, it's perfect. What I wanted to say this is where the fuck. I don't even know if, where, but it just bugged me out. Were you, I always knew. I always said, I, I, I would tell people, I go, I give it to valeni I go, because valeni really loves music. You look at him and you think he only likes, like he looks like a metal guy just and you would just think he only fucks with that. I go, but little do you know, like he really loves all types of heavy music and music. I go, I go he really does. I... But you telling me. That you played for a rockabilly is just you saying those words coming out of your mouth i'm gonna get a sample with the car or, and it's for moments like that you heard that gator that's what we're gonna do but for that reason to be like wait wait hold up not surprised i'm surprised but not surprised were you always open as a kid to music like that because as a kid i was one-sided i was hip-hop, like, fuck that, and then you know, I like metal, but then if it was metal, just Black Sabbath, Slayer, and then when I got into hardcore, it was just New York hardcore, fuck everybody.
1: I had I had a real open mind. My father was very eclectic in his music taste. He liked everything from from, um, you know, Black Sabbath to Donna Summer. It was wow, great. great. So his, you know, when I was growing up, I was, you know, he showed me how to use his turntable, and he's like, here's how you handle the the records and put it on the turntable so I you know I would just spin his records for hours everything crazy the craziest stuff you know all, all funk and Rolling Stones and yeah Dabbit, like music you know, like real Dabbit, music real music all over the place <laughs> and my you know, father taught me he's just like he goes this is music he goes you might not not like it but somebody else does Yeah, goes, you gotta respect that and I'm yeah. like oh I get it. I get it. And he goes, he goes, don't, don't judge the music on how it sounds, how it makes you feel. I'm like, wow. Yeah. You know, my father said that. And I was just like, it I, took me years was, of, I was 10, 11.
0: It took 11. me many years of playing to realize that alone, you know, to realize wow. that, like, yeah, it's not that. Like, I, I, I even say that about how I play, you know, my bit playing. I go, I don't want to be heard, I want to be felt. Yeah. You know, that's what I want to do. I want you to feel that shit. I don't get you hear me. I want you to feel that shit. Same thing. Like you may not like I get it. Like I understand. I tell people that about a hardcore and period period. I go come to a hardcore show. I go, even if you hate it, you're going to like it. Or, or you'll yep. get it. Like it's too crazy for me, but I get it. Or you'll be like, whoa, this is like a fucking spectacle. Like you'll appreciate it for what it is. As a kid, I wasn't like that. I was so meathead one way. You know, I just was like that, but you know, and it had to be the hard shit. If it was hip hop, it was hard hardcore. I had to be like, I was always on that bully not a bully, but that meathead shit when I got, but I always was influenced by hip hop, freestyle music, and not modern like Sabbath was always in my DNA from day one. So it was always there, but I used to be like, if it ain't Sabbath or, or Slayer or Celtic Frost, nobody else matters and metal that's how oh, yeah. i thought i said everything judas Priest, i love i go they fall in between i would say this is me so led zeppelin fuck damn they can't hang all right Bonham's dope now but i was like it's sabbath fucking to me it was sabbath bob marley biggie smalls you know what i mean like oh. the three b's you know yeah. but that's till I-, I got older i realized like yo you know I, I get, I'm influenced by so much shit and then I started connecting the dots and being like, you know, I'm talking one shit but I'm doing something else, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: yeah, I started off in metal and, you know, it was like, that's all I was really exposed to and and because of the metal that my father had in his collection, you know, he he didn't really have any punk or, you know, I he had the clash that was yeah. pretty much the, the end of it, you know, but um chris lynch from wolfpack um he was singing for wolfpack at the time he was a couple, to wolfpack. A couple of years ahead of me in high school and um we became friends in high school because i knew he played drums and i'm like yo this jam and i mean i remember jamming iron maiden tunes and stuff yeah like yeah he's like oh you gotta check this band out agnostic front i'm like whoa what's this holy christ whoa whoa whoa, whoa. and then, then he took me to my first hardcore show my first hardcore show Was C O C and D R I?
0: Wow, you—that's a fucking a classic. You ain't never gonna see that like anywhere. (laughs) No, and that was nineteen
1: eighty-five. Wow. F W, and I believe the price was three dollars.
0: Wow. And was there a lot of people there? It was. It was awesome. Yeah. Oh man, like my first show—I didn't go to show to eighty-eight. Like way later, my first show was a Rest in Pieces show, which I remember. But that's an eighty-eight. And I already thought I was, like, late to the game. You know, I used to see the old dudes. Like I used to see, like, stigma and all these dudes walk by. I was like, yo, these dudes are, like, old men. Like, grown-ass men. I'm, like, I'm trying to sneak in the show. These motherfuckers are, like, you know, they got tattoos on their neck. I'm like, look at these fucking animals.
1: Yep. And I, I mean, New York Hardcore came a little late for me. Um, I think it was, it was when Roger got out and they did that agnostic front sick of it all tour. That was that was my first New York hardcore show. And it was at Sar- Saratoga Winners, mm. and it blew my mind. I was like, wow, holy moly. And, you know, I, I growing up, I didn't really have too many friends. I didn't, you know, I didn't meet Bob Riley until my later years, which is weird because we only live like, I was about to block. ask that so
0: that you met later, huh?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if I met him two years earlier, we would, I would have been going down to CBGBs with him, you know, but I just, I never knew it existed because I didn't have anybody to really guide me until Chris Lynch came along. And you know, I, you know, I, 1985 was probably the most exposure I got for music because it was my first hardcore show, and that was the first time I saw Slayer too. It was <laughs> the tail end of the Hell Awaits tour.
0: Oh my so, god. That's enough said. And you got put on to write hardcore, well, Homeboy from Wolfpack. Ain't like, like, you went to a bad brain show. Like, that's kind of easy. A big, uh, a, a, a raw, you know, a black flag. You know, they're the top, of course. You know what I mean? You're going with Homeboy from Wolfpack. You're going to a real, proper hardcore show with a real hardcore dude where you're like, okay, to cat. And at that era was when the shit was getting really carved, you know, where my era was getting carved out. Like, Again, like I know Roger and all those and the whole punk rock. My shit came. I'm not that punk rock shit. I came from the hardcore part when the dudes were trying to mix metal and not admitting it yet. You know yep. what I mean? And then I came from that, nah, fuck the metal guys. They're doing it right. I want to take everything they do, but I gotta do it with the hawk with the DMs on. You know yep. what I mean? Like we gotta throw swag, but I go, we gotta do it big willy like the metal guys. But I would go on the 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 for me, I was always more about like when the like when the when, when leeway two guitars, full yeah. stacks, when the chromag second, when they would come out full stacks, I was like, now we got an excuse to come out with well, full <laughs> stacks. And and people can't say you're metal because back then it was taboo to be a hardcore guy and somebody to label yep. you metal,
1: you know, yep. and it, you know, then we had stigmata breakthrough up here. I mean, at first it was cranial abuse, but they, you know, they were the more hardcore, but once. Stigmata came, uh, they pioneered, they, they just paved the way for the rest, you know, up here in and what, and, and, you know, you, like the you know what,
0: what is it? I want to ask you this. What is it about upstate besides heavy lead in the water? But what is it that you think? Look, because this is, I'll take you two guys, for example, you and Bob Riley, the perfect example. You guys have a lot of big metal influences and have a lot to do with bringing metal influences into the hardcore in your area. But Riley mixed you mixed it with like being heavy into really metal metal, and then when you got into hardcore, you got into the real like you know the hardcore you know the the, the every Sunday kind of hardcore. And Bob Riley was a, also a oi boy, but yet yep. the, Sigmata has nothing to do with oi. You know what you know what I mean? They had like so much heaviness. What what is it about? upstate that that you think that i don't know where that you though these remedies were fucking invented what what is it
1: well i mean you know in new york city i mean you had the new york hardcore going on you're the innovators down there so up here we're getting bits and pieces of that up here you know i i you know biohazard playing south Troy community center you know you know you're getting the beginning stages of the metal crossover from down there and it totally influenced up here and these are kids that oh i'm speaking for myself but i i, I could theorize that you know majority is a, these other kids were raised on metal as well so yeah um the punk influence up here didn't seem to be as uh available i guess you could say as like maybe the city yeah so you know you, you i mean new york city's population is is tenfold compared to up here so you know when you're that when you're that metal kid in high school you stick out up here yeah
0: yeah 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 so, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You well know, so that's that's what my theory is because like the troy core bands they 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 really had that tough gritty metal it it, it, it was just it it a different sound you could tell they were from Troy.
0: I remember early on just upstate in general was always, you know, if it was wartime manner, you know, um um early, you know, like they all um them um you know, all our war different places upstate but that upstate was mixing like yeah. metal like but but not doing it metal style, like doing it with that like a punk attitude, not so much sonically, a punk attitude mixing the the New York hardcore we grew up with, and then but with the metal execution and shit, you know, and I, and like it always was, uh, uh, specific to the Northeast and upstate New York, which is great, you know, kind of right. gives you guys your own fucking our own flavor, you know? Yeah, and even with Stigmata, that always bugged me out that, like, Riley, somebody who, well, Riley loves all music, but being yeah, such yeah. so heavy into oil or whatever, and then you hear Stigmata, and I used to think like, oh, these guys, this thing is so crazy, like, you know what I mean? Like, this fucking, it makes total sense for Albany Troy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and fucking, and then you start doing, and then now, I remember you get Ray, now, when Ray was doing it, the, he was already off. He was done playing, right, when you got Ray to, to, to fill in, right?
1: Yeah, well, he was still doing full-blown cast period, periodically, and, and he still gets together and does shows with them, but he always just said, hey, if you need to fill in, let me know. And I, and I was like, so he came right up, and he lived in Texas.
0: I remember, yeah.
1: He flew up, and we rehearsed once before we went on that mad ball run. And you know what? We had a blast, and halfway through, I'm like, yo, let's just just be in the band, bro. Yeah. All right. I'm like, I and mean, then here we are. Yeah, and,
0: great, and he's perfect for the band in know in every way. It, you know, worked out. And you know, and like perfect fit. Nice to have
1: bandmates that aren't dicks, you know. Yeah. It's just- and
0: he's perfect. He's str- He sounds great. He's strong, perfect for the band. He's experienced, he's done it. Yeah. You know what I mean? He got a beard you yeah. got a beard. you gotta and fuck speaking of beards a bit be, and then now what, what do you, now what mother what fucking alcoholic beverage are you motherfuckers doing now that's what i want to know
1: well actually we're we're developing our own whiskey so we're we're ah. talking with distiller uh well we're not talking we're, we're we're we've already developed the taste um it took us a a few days to decide me and andy basically went up there and and, you know, manipulated the recipes and did everything how we want. So we're coming out. It'll probably be out in the fall. Um, it's it Everything's licensed and ready to go. It's just, you know, we, we got a bunch of shows coming up. And I just want to get through that stuff before we dive into this. So I'm thinking probably the end of summer, early fall. But um, it's going to be called The Smooth Truth.
0: Oh, nice. And let me <laughs> and, ask you, was, is this a, in connection with uh, Jack Daniels' company? Like last time
1: or independent and it's the it's going to be priced reasonably. Um the Jack Daniels stuff tended to get a little bit expensive. Yeah. And we didn't really have it it, it was we didn't have our our, uh uh, an input at all. It was basically we get to choose which single barrels that we liked best.
0: Got you limited, very limited
1: on what you could very limited. So and you know, Matt, we we got Madball to do one. We got Agnostic Front, and now we got Sheer Terror, Murphy's Law, and uh, Sick of It All. So, and then that's it. I'm I'm retiring from doing those because it's a so lot <laughs> of work. <laughs> I
0: retired, I hate you. They came out great, man. They were. I love them all. Like I don't drink, and I'm like I wanted them. I was getting other people. The artwork, the boxes look great. The AF one sick. All of them. All of them.
1: Yeah. And I, and I just did that because, you know, COVID was rampant and it was here I am. These are my friends that are, their, their living got taken away from them. So I'm like, well, you know what? I'm brick by, we did our own just simply because I was a pain in the ass to Jack Daniels. And they're just like, all right, let's do a single barrel for you. I said, all right. Yeah. It was very profitable. And I'm like, you know what? I said, let's let, let me get my, my friends in on this, help right. them out. But, you know, and I, all I gotta say is when I, I sent that one to Roger, it was perfect timing because he, he was just getting hammered with bills from the cancer stuff. Yeah, so glad that came through. And you know, it's just, it, I, you know, like I said, I, I love for music, just it just extends to my friends and family. And I just all I want to do is help, I just
0: yeah, help. no, and you do. And that's what I said. I always said that about you. I said, people don't know that because they you see your big gorilla. You know, fucking um, um, this big uh, fucking um, Wendigo walking through the fucking venues and people just may assume or they might have seen you throwing somebody out of a venue or something or like, but they don't know. I know we've always talked about a lot of people like we're like, no, this motherfucker really loves music and not just the big bands, like from the young bands to a hardcore band to a punk band the metal band like you're in it like you're you're you like your game which is which i love because i love music too i still get excited for music so when i see people that still love it because we're not making millions off of it you know but we also want to do it as good as we could do it and as you know or better than other people you know we want to like that's what i try to do if it's with the podcast or like what i love what my friends do we, we don't need a big corporation. Yeah, th- the, the billions of dollars behind them helps to make things happen, but we can make shit look slick and, and quality without that. We're just, because we know what we want to see and we don't got to reach out to the people and ask for opinions because we are the people. You know what I mean? So yeah. th- that's what I love about what we're doing in general. If it's like you, you're promoting, you're in a band, you do the bottles, you do the liquor, you're doing, you know, You—that's a lot. You know, a lot of people love singing these songs about let's put the unity, let's put the picture of me pointing in the air. You know, my brothers, sisters—they love these words, but they don't do shit for nobody. You know what I mean? Like my whole shit is like I see everything. You know what I mean? And and, and we—we don't gotta play Gandhi in this shit, but I—I do love. Put it like this: I see the rappers say it in the best way. They, for once, they say something good in a right way he goes like noriega says on his podcast i like giving people their flower their roses when they can still smile them like yeah i ain't gonna wait till people die to start right. telling people how you know the good job they did exactly and, and i just saying that you did a good job but i know you love it and, and what you do especially yo thank god for albany to be honest with you that'll be one of the spots probably mad bosses this shit opened up will be that yeah. we played the most since coming back i could almost say that it'll be like new york and albany probably next like to be or right now as of now because you know one you and thank god for you also for all these other bands that's what i'm saying they have there's a pit stop in between uh, you know that used to be there back in the day and now it's back
1: yeah it's a perfect three-hour stop from boston new york city to canada to buffalo you know so it's it's a good routing spot, you know?
0: Yeah, and, and 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 it's where it should be, like it would go up and down, but I'm glad it's on the up too. And then was and then and so you're doing the, the the whiskey, and the whiskey's gonna come out in the end of the year, you're saying, yeah. right?
1: That's what I'm thinking, yep.
0: And um um what's the deal with shows? What's the next show for you guys? What are you doing? uh,
1: uh for brick by brick, we're doing uh the chance June eleventh, and we got a couple of shows peppered throughout and then um we're doing a tour starting july 8th with uh, cutthroat from la. Oh so that's gonna... dope
0: shout out to cutthroat guys yeah, yeah yeah good shit east coast run we're hitting
1: tampa and jacksonville in florida that's all we're we're hitting
0: when when are you doing
1: that uh july eighth is albany july 9th is fredericks virginia tenth is <sighs> July ish, something basically. Yeah. Why well, it's like the, the, yeah, it's I think, I think the 13th we're in Jacksonville, so I think the 12th, either the 12th or 13th, we're in Tampa
0: because you know, you want to know what? Um, I might roll up to one of those.
1: Well, oh, you know? definitely let you know.
0: No, yeah, no, Kimmy posed it for sure because I'm, I'm, I'm basically home. I'm doing, um, the, um, this is hardcore. That, that's the next thing we're doing, but that's it as of now. That you know, I know, but um, I'll roll up there because I want to record, get you guys, and just I mean, it gives me a reason to hang out, but also to fucking, you know, get some footage. I'm about to drop some shit, Valenny. I'm about to take YouTube and the fucking interweb hostage. You know, like I said, I watch and I learn the metal guy again. When I when I always bring up the metal guys, and I love metal, and it ain't to hate. I also look at them and like. I, they got their metal gods and their metal god awards and their and that's dope. I mean, our world needs those. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I, I say it and this is my campaign. I won't stop till stigma is in the fucking Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You You're know what I kidding. mean? And, <laughs> and what I mean by that is specifically him and just that, just like, but our genre is we can still trace the history to it. And, and, it's, and, and the history is getting written every day by yeah. stigma and Roger and, and Gestapo and a blood clot. Like every time they play a show, it shows you how much longer you could do this hardcore shit.
1: It's crazy. It's, you know, it's I mean, stigma's pushing 70 and he's
0: Killing no- it. I, I, I swear to God, you give me fucking chills. The old man never gave me more chills than ever in his life. I swear I do. I'm stigma. I'm. A, I get stigma's face tattooed on my face. Yo, I, how that's about, how much how I about fucking about love him. And I thank. Yeah. Like, ugh, forget. I get goose pimples. Ball, how about that madball tattoo he got? Uh, of course, he is madball. Like <laughs> that's fucking madball. Like I forget anything I did, Freddie. That's madball right there. He's the heart of that shit. That's just a fact. I'll tell you that, whatever. Because. Hands down, I wouldn't do. I wouldn't have written one note if it wasn't for seeing that motherfucker when I was a little kid. That's just a fact. I know. You know, to be like to do it like him, and to be like to look as natural as him, and to be in the trenches like him. That was the motherfucker when we were fifteen years old, (laughs) coming smoking a joint, drinking a beer with us, not looking at you saying something. Look who the fuck are these little kids? Yep. You know. You know what I mean? And, and again, guys that still giving it guys like you that are helping build this shit, you know, I, I, I got a new, uh, I found a new love for people that are, that still got love for this shit. You know Definitely. what I mean? So it's good. And fucking, so you got a couple shows. Pre- what's the next show you're promoting then? What's the, what's popping? What's
1: huh I got, I got next Sunday, which is June 5th. I got Pyrexia so I got a good death.
0: Oh, Pyrexia. They collapsed. I was just talking about them.
1: Yep, so I got them coming through uh Empire Underground. Um my next hardcore we, I there's so much there's so much good good. I, everything from um I got Hoods coming. I got wow.
0: Where could you know, everybody find out? Is there a website or the yeah. Instagram? Where where they could find out for the venue specific or your website? So because uh, um, Empire sure
1: um EmpireLive.com. That's where
0: that's you go. All, all the shows are, are, are on there and whatever. Nah, man, yep. I'm amped and I just saw and I recently just saw I kind of heard I usually find out about my shows online through you know, through other people. And I saw that we'll be playing fucking up there. Yep. Fucking
1: I and mean, I got you in August. You know, Unfor- you
0: know we got to keep the tradition alive.
1: You know what I mean? Unfortunately, I won't be there. We're playing with internal bleeding that day in
0: Baltimore. <laughs> I know. <laughs> nah, fuck that. I'm not going. I'm not going. All right. But you know what I got to say? Hold on. I don't remember where, but I ate some good pizza up there. The last time I was up there, I got to remember the name. They took me to eat some good pizza. I'm going to find out the name. It was a little mom and pop spot and i remember when they took me i was like this shit looks like whatever and i was blown away i'm gonna find out the name i'm gonna hit up my man you banging right. but i gotta say up uh, you guys have some good pizza up there
1: yes they do they do
0: and um <laughs> so you're working now so the next thing is just chilling waiting to see what's what making new liquor all the liquor is gone right all your mead, all your whiskeys all that shit is gone our
1: mead is actually um a, 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 a staple for that meadery, so it's mass produced. So dope. we get like a, a royalty for everyone that's sold, but it's it's available and that's at Helderberg Meadworks. Uh, oh. you can find online anywhere. And then, um, this liquor is going to also be a staple for this distillery up here, too. So that you know, and we're going to the, the price point is going to probably be around 40 bucks. So that's it's gonna dope. be, and I'm telling you it's 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 nasty it's 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 good it's it's so smooth it's it's ridiculous well
0: that's dope what i'm hoping to do is like i said i'm planning to take my my youtube channel to the next level i am gonna make i'm gonna pay a visit up there and then we're gonna do a little taste a little tasting of your new whiskey when we up there and then oh yeah can fucking let people know what time it is with the fucking with the new whiskey and um, you know what I mean? We can let people join us on the ride. And, and when you drop it and we do a whole little thing on it, you know what I mean?
1: I, I learned, I learned how to properly taste whiskey at the Jack Daniels distillery.
0: Oh yeah. you yeah. 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 I know that. I know the same. I do the same. I go like this. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, but I'm glad I know you came out of work. I'm glad you were able to make it. Fuck it. I'm glad you were able to catch up. Next time, I want to get you with, with, with some of the other guys, with you and Ray, and then fucking, man, you know, the next time you're in, and we could talk some more shit. But um, yeah. I'm glad you're doing what you do. I'm glad to see you. I haven't seen you. I miss you. And miss you. Um, tell all the fellas what's up. Keep doing what you do, Valeni. Everybody, make sure you go support Break by Break. Go to the, all the clubs, the venues. One more time, where, where they can find the shows at?
1: Uh, EmpireLive.com
0: empirelive.com yo valeni i love you one love this will be out next week all right love you bro i said you love you bro one and we out
1: definitely i'll talk to you soon
0: peace